Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. It's <laughs> just a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. Love time. Did you ever watch this show when you were a kid? Are you old enough? Mickey Mouse Club? La- I don't. I think it was. Uh, I think I'm too young. For it was it. over. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. So I remembered it, and uh, you know that they had Annette. And uh, yeah, yeah. these different Mouseketeers. And... Who's the leader of the clock that's made for you and me? Some of them stayed in show business, some of them left. But... Well, no, maybe it was around, because wasn't Britney Spears a Mouseketeer? Well, that was a later uh, incarnation. Of, oh, okay. Of but Mouse the original Club. Mickey Mouse original Club, yeah. Original black and white. No, and, yeah, and I don't think that. I was around for that. And part of the Mickey Mouse Club was that they would have in addition to the hijinks that the kids would go on, they would have little cereals each each week. Uh, I, I can't remember what all of them were, but my favorite as a kid was the Hardy Boys. episode in the mystery of the Applegate treasure, The Stranger. Uh, Frank and Joe Hardy were these two teenage kids that whose father was a police guy or something, but the kids decided that they too would become detectives. And so as kids, they would get involved in these these mysteries and they would uh, they would solve these uh, these mysteries and these crimes as kids. And I thought the Hardy Boys was a spin-off of the Nancy Drew. Mysteries. Well, they, the, wasn't it? No, the two books, uh, uh, the two series ran concurrently, I think. But the the Hardy Boys were a whole different deal. They oh, were written by right. a guy named Franklin W. Dixon was his name. It was a it was a pseudonym uh, for the real writer. And I read somewhere that Franklin W. Dixon wrote these books, and he got uh, something like five hundred bucks a book, maybe not even that much. Wow! And he wrote a whole bunch of them. And he just, he didn't care. Yeah. Just, I'll write him, and uh, and you can, you know, that the he needed the money so much he wrote him. If he had had any stake in that, any mm-hmm. percentage in that, he, you know, he, he would have been a gazillionaire. Because those books are still very popular. Well, the reason I bring it up is because one of my favorite kid actors uh, passed away just a few weeks ago. And, uh, and, I, and I'm really bummed about it. His name was Kevin Corcoran. Do you know who that is? No. Uh, He played the character called Moochie 
in uh, he played a bunch of different characters, all of them bearing the nickname Moochie. And, and he was not a Mouseketeer, but he was in those Mickey Mouse Club serials, and uh, including the Spin and Marty serials and the, uh, and the further adventures of Spin and Marty. And Spin and Marty was sort of like the Hardy Boys, except that, uh, except that those two guys, Spin and Marty, were at a dude ranch, sort of a summertime ranch for kids, and they'd ride horses and stuff like that. And Moochie <clears throat> was was Kevin Corcoran, who was younger than them and was this kind of annoying little character that was good-hearted enough, but uh, but he always got himself into, into trouble for various things. He'd fall into wells and or animals would try to eat him and, you know, various things like that. So he was a comedic, it was a comedic. Very much comedic. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he did these fictional Moochie roles. He was in a movie called The Shaggy Dog, and again, he played a guy named Moochie. Mm-hmm. So... Was he typecast? Yeah. Moochie? Yeah, I, I guess I'd say so. But uh, my all-time, one of my all-time favorite kid movies, and I still like it and I still watch it, because he was in other Disney things like Old Yeller and Pollyanna. Oh, yeah, the Old Swiss Yeller. Family I, know, I, know, I know who he is now. You'd, you'd know but, him in yeah. instant. But he was in one that is rarely ever mentioned, but it's called Toby Tyler, and it goes back to 1960. And... I think one of the reasons I like Toby Tyler is because he did something, the character in the movie did something that I always thought would be really fun to do. And I think a lot of kids would, at least in that era. He he ran away to join the circus. In the movie. In the his movie. His character. His character. <laughs> That's yeah. great. He had troubles at home. His aunt sure. and his uncle didn't. They were strict disciplinarians or whatever, and he yeah. decided time to a move on. Circus happened to be going through town, and he said, "I'm going to join it," <laughs> and he does, and he becomes um, kind of a an acrobat, and he rides on the back of a horse, and what do you know, he gets pretty good at it. But one of the other characters in the movie is a monkey, a chimpanzee, which also, as a kid, you watch stuff like that, and you say, man, I sure would like me a monkey. You know what, though? They used monkeys a lot back then. You don't, There's no movies and TV shows that have monkeys in them anymore. Have you noticed that? I know. That's why I don't watch much television anymore. I would just but like to see it's... a monkey, like in Homeland no. or Breaking Bad. <laughs> why couldn't one of the characters have been a monkey? I don't think there's... Because they're creepy. It's Monkeys are weird. Well, my monkeys do... And when you put them in pants and stuff when you make them wear clothes they just get even weirder well they used monkeys a lot in the movies back then and in tv shows yeah they did in fact there was a monkey called j fred muggs that was actually one of the co-hosts of the original today show the morning show yeah that's a bright idea well it sure wasn't very welcomed by the host at the time dave garraway was the guy's name i don't blame him and j fred muggs would get most of the mail he'd get like 90 percent of the fan mail what did he even do on the show did he, he was just, just sit there, there and he had pants on because it he? was funny to see a monkey that was the only reason he had him but dave, dave garraway would say the little bastard would bite me all the time he's always biting me on the hands and stuff he hated the monkey yeah and well, i don't the monkey blame him. probably yeah. felt that and that's why he bit him I suppose. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know what you should do? You should bite a monkey right back. That's what I say, <laughs> boys and girls. I was snooping around a little bit, and I found this excerpt. Now, this is J. Fred Muggs. This is why why he's so unpredictable. He should have never had a monkey on the show. 
here he is. He's trying to pull a news guy's desk down. So all this thudding and crashing you hear is J. Fred Muggs going crazy. Ah, that's a good boy. Gee, Dave, I've, I've never been happier about anything. Now that he's got his own desk, he'll leave mine alone. Yes, indeed. It, it, it's kind of nice that he's got his own desk. Look out! <laughs> you got your own desk. Now go away. Well, that novel experiment... <laughs> That's why we kept telling him down to the office. The show has been divided lately into two factions in our meetings in the morning. One faction says the idea is just to give him his own desk and he won't tear Jack's apart any longer. And the other faction says, no, it's not that. There's a mysterious psychic influence that Jack's desk has on him. No matter what you do, he'll always attack Jack's desk. Well... The psychic boys are in the seats very firmly this morning. One of these days, I'm going to fight fire with fire, you know. However, I would say this. Monkeys are very, very popular in commercials right now. There is no you, commercial with a monkey in it right now. Maybe not at the moment, but it, but you go to Super Bowls, you're going to see three or four commercials with monkeys in them. I think you're People talking think out monkeys, your butt. No, I don't I'm think not. you know what you're talking about. No, I'm there not. There are no... You know what? I'm going to Google it right now and see if there's yeah, any monkeys current, in commercials. Current monkey commercials. Yeah. Monkeys. Well, don't current. Well, so what do you want me to put in here? Just monkeys in commercials. Yeah, monkeys in commercials, and uh, you're, you're going to see so many come up. Anyway, so in the Toby, <laughs> in Toby Tyler, the monkey had a name, Mister Stubbs. Yes, I remember that name. And and so. I, or is think, that just a common name they give monkeys? Has there been more than one Mr. No, Stubbs? No, I don't think so. Because that does ring a bell. Well, maybe that rings a bell because I told you that some friends and I who had similar affection for this movie, Toby Tyler, even though we hadn't seen it for years, yeah, we decide that we're going to have a Toby Tyler drinking game. <laughs> and, uh, and so that every time the words Mr. Stubbs is said, then you, oh, yeah. would, then you would you take a drink. Yeah, I remember you telling me this story. Well, we thought, well, he's going to say Mr. Stubbs so two or three this? times. So when was this? Were you an adult man at this yeah, point? Yeah, this was several years so ago. So you're an adult man, and you decide to play a drink, Mr. Stubbs drinking game with your I know, buddies. I know, and, okay. and And it's not like I drink that much. I, we really don't. But we just thought, this would be fun, because we want to watch the movie. And How many times could he say Mr. Stubbs, <laughs> anyway? Well, well. It, it he says it an unbelievable number of times. Uh, we couldn't believe it. And it's going faster and faster. Because Mr. Stubbs keeps getting into trouble. And so the kid's going, Mr. Stubbs, no! Mr. Stubbs, don't touch that! Mr. Stubbs, no! One bourbon, one sky, one beer. So, I mean, so we're all just slaughtered. So... Boys and girls, if if you yeah. ever get, rent the movie with Kevin Corcoran, the late Kevin Corcoran, playing his character, at least was not named Moochie in this movie. But uh, stay away from the Mister Stubbs thing. You can say any other circus thing. You can say acrobat. Yeah. You can say lion tamer. But the second uh, you hear Mister Stubbs, but Mister Stubbs say, nope, we're not playing that game. Yeah, don't play. We're it. not going that game. Well, I've looked up. Um, I just googled monkeys in commercials. Yep. And what? did you find well there was one uh careerbuilder.com with a monkey in the super you were right it was a super bowl commercial i swear there were at least two or three monkey commercials that was in 2007 okay well that's good um <clears throat> there's another one a uh, trunk monkey mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. what is trunk monkey what is that um so that was I also forgot. it's something that some kind of car that was also service. a Super Bowl commercial. I think a trunk monkey was this fictitious thing that supposedly you could have a monkey in the trunk of your car. You push a button, he comes out and 
beats up a guy with road rage or gets you out of a parking ticket or something like that. So you're right. The only time they're using monkeys in commercials is for the Super Bowl. You would be hard-pressed to find a Christmas ad with a monkey in it coming up. Any Christmas, which we're getting already. I don't know if you've seen all the Christmas commercials on already, but there's no monkeys in Christmas commercials. I'm trying to think Monkeys are used for beer commercials. They're used for, like, job search commercials. And that's Hey, would you look it. this up while I have you there? Yeah. A look up uh, TV shows with monkeys in them. Okay? Because there was a show that... I, now I'm going to get it all mixed up. But there monkeys. was a show that were somewhere that the marquee chimps that was their name they monkeys, were monkeys chimps and apes so the marquee, a lot. yeah try the marquee well, chimps m a r q u i s marquee chimps they were in a tv series it was called the hathaways and it's about this couple who uh, have a bunch of monkeys essentially as their children and monkeys are always better by the bunch the Ralston Purina Company of Checkerboard Square, makers of hot instant Ralston, as well as... Corn checks? Wheat checks? Corn checks? Rice checks? Corn checks? And corn checks. I knew it. Presents The Hathaways, starring Peggy Cash. She must have had a hell of an agent. Co-starring Jack Weston. Same one Jack Weston had, apparently. And featuring the marquee chimps. They almost got the same billing as the humans did. And then there was another series... Uh, where uh, monkeys were like detectives or uh, something like that, okay. and I and I'm just it's right on the tip of my tongue, and I can't come up with the name. Well, of it. there's all very funny. They would have monkeys and they would talk, but they'd put human voices on the monkeys, hmm. and uh, it was brilliant. Just a fantastic series, very uplifting. It might have been on Masterpiece Theater. Try that. So monkeys on Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> That doesn't even sound real. See what comes up. Masterpiece theater doesn't yeah. sound like anything. Yeah, I guess that. not. So, um, well, yeah, see, I'm not getting anywhere. Lancelot, that's the it. secret chimp. That was it. Lancelot Link. That's it. That's and the that one was I was thinking of. 1970s. Boy, oh, you're, what a so show. You're, you're going back to the 1970s. So, Lancelot Link, secret chimp. Oh, man. You want me what to share show. with you what the synopsis of the show is? Well, I can. So, a member of, of pop band Evolution Revolution, Lancelot Link, is called upon by the oh, agency yeah. to prevent evil oh, yeah. in their ongoing fight against Chump. C H U M P. I guess those are agencies. Yeah, it's like a. <clears throat> Bad, right? Like the man chaos. from Uncle. Chaos was, yeah, the, yeah, right. Uh, and uh, get smart. Stand, uh, so the stars were Dayton Allen, uh, Joanne, uh, Joan Gerber, Bernie Copel. He was in, um, in the Love Boat. In the Love Boat. But they're doing the voices. They're not the monkeys, obviously. Oh, so this is anime. Oh, these are like real monkeys. Real monkeys, just, okay, and then they lip sync it. Yeah, it, it's really funny. It was good. <laughs> Hi, Commander. What? Come down there right away. Oh, that button's got to get fixed, too. Well, I'm sure my secret panel button is working. Yep. Nope. I got a strange feeling I'm missing a few buttons. Later, at the headquarters of APE, the agency to prevent evil, Commander Darwin told Lance about Professor Rhesus and showed him the scene of the crime. Here, Link, right here. This is where Aliasa Singh grabbed him. Gotcha. That's very funny. Yeah, it was great. It's uh, brilliant, actually. Yeah, it, it was great for about five episodes. That's it? That's about how long it lasted. Oh, really? I thought it was great. 
You should have written more. No, it looks like maybe 10, 12 episodes. It sure didn't last beyond the one season. I don't get it. It I think they ought to bring it back. Yeah. It'd be a hit. Well, you should do that. You have a show now. Why don't you put that in your little show? All right. Maybe I will. Maybe I just Your little show could use a monkey. If you love monkeys so much, why don't you just put a monkey in up late Northwest? All right. Maybe I will. (laughs) And then, of course, there were the monkeys. That was Oh, man. Here we come. The street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, with the monkeys, and people say we monkey around. We would race home from school to watch the monkeys. We'd watch the monkeys, the Partridge family, and Lost in Space. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, no, Will Robinson. Danger. Those were the three after-school shows that we would would race home Was Moochie in any of those? No. No, no I don't Billy Mummy was the kid. Billy Mummy. In Lost in Space. He was stupid, though. He shouldn't have been. I don't like him in that role. He was he, just a dumb little boy. He was like in one of my all-time favorite Twilight Zones, though. The really? kid that could make people go out into the cornfield. Oh, I don't he, think I saw he, that If one. he got mad at somebody. Ooh. Oh, he was creepy. Oh, Ooh. man. And the solo. Everybody in town and his family, they're terrified of him. Because... Going out into the cornfield is a euphemism for you're going to be dead. Yeah. yeah. And you mustn't think bad thoughts about me either, or I'll do the same thing to you. <laughs> Play some more music. It's good what you've done to Dad. It's real good. It was swell. It was just swell. That was really good. Billy Mummy's all grown up now. Of course, that episode was called It's a Good Life from 1961. And somebody asked him recently why that episode still resonates with people. Because it's great. (laughs) Because everyone in the cast is just so good. John Larch and Cloris Leachman and I, forgive me for forgetting some of the Max Schumwalter and, oh, and, and you know, it's based on a great story by Jerome Bigsby and and a, a teleplay by Rod Serling. And it's scares the shit out of you. That's good that you used that word in an interview, Billy. That's real, real good what you've done. I like that. Oh, man. He was good and creepy. That's good. So I'm doing this event the other day, Lisa. Yeah. And um, it's a breakfast meeting, and it's a charity event, and I'm the MC. And so they set us down, and before the speaking begins, they, have, they offer a lovely breakfast. And so when the breakfast is over, and then we do the speeches and all of that, and then it's the purview of an MC to then get up at the end of an event and and say some final words that wrap everything up. Okay. And so, and, and so this had just happened, so it was perfect. And I so I get up and I say, ladies and gentlemen, it is the my duty as the MC to leave you with something to think about today. So here's what I want you to think about. Just yesterday, and and it was just yesterday at the time, the World Health Organization said that bacon and sausage, like you've just eaten this morning, will kill you. (laughs) Eggs are high in cholesterol. The fruit you just enjoyed is probably infused with insecticides. Thank you and goodbye. And that's all I said. I went went away. That's very funny. It was like the perfect, the perfect breakfast that it was just everything that's supposedly bad for you now you might as well have offered cigarettes uh-huh. and it would have been more perfect now i'm a fella with a heart of gold with the ways of a gentleman i've been told the kind of a fella that wouldn't even harm a flea 
But if me and a certain character met, the guy that invented the cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Now, it ain't cause that I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon they hinder your health. I've smoked them all my life, and I ain't dead yet. But nicotine slaves are all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's got to stop while they have that cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Pop, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death. Tell St. Peter at the Golden Gate that you hates to make him wait, but you just gotta have another cigarette. Yeah. But do you pay much attention? Do you put much stock in those? I've learned to ignore them because they're so contradictory every they six They sure months. are. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Coffee to... was good. Coffee was bad. Coffee is good. Oh, coffee's now bad. Coffee's good. It's really good for you, and but yeah. now it's bad. And now what about mammograms? Mammograms. Oh, that, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're not supposed to get them till you're 110. You don't even have boobies when you're 110. No, that's a that that is a bad thing. That really you is think a bad so? thing. No, it's a bad thing that they're confusing women about what to do. They need to be very clear about this. Well, and it's contradictory. It's first it said if you're the age of uh, age of what it was the age of 40 you should have now nah, maybe 45 would be okay. Yeah, and, but you know, you know what? Start getting them when you're in your 20s. Well, that's when you get that's the word. When you're Finally old that, enough to hop up on that table and yeah. to have the doctor say, "Scoot your butt down, scoot your butt when down." When you got a boob big enough down, to squeeze, that's right. Yeah. Get in there and get it squeezed. Especially if you have a history of it in your family, or even if you don't. Even if but, you don't, just but, go. Uh, yeah, it's not pleasant. I, I'm told. I never had one it's myself. It's not. It's not. It hurts. It yeah. it is. It is. It is very painful. Yeah. And, and it's not a quick like. If you have something that, that's done to you quick, like if you know, like when the doctor goes, "This is going to hurt for a second, and you're like, "Okay, that really that effing hurt," but it was only for literally for a second. Yeah. This isn't that way. They're like, "Okay, we'll be. We're going to leave the room now while you're." you know attached to this machine yeah. and you got to stand there for a good and it is 45 to 50 seconds is a very long time for something that hurts it's a long time yeah no no doubt about it so don't you agree this may not be true but i think it is if it was men that had to go in and have your have your wiener squeezed like that you would love it, a no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, every six weeks. Since, since I think it is still probably true that the overwhelming amount, the preponderance of medical research, and let's just say medical equipment manufacture and invention, would largely be done by men still, or at least historically has been. Mm-hmm. So if it was men that had to go through the mammogram process, don't you think? That they would have invented a less painful ap- approach for it if it was men that were having it done. No, I do. I don't because I think you're, they would. They would making, consider it a crisis. You're, you're making. Oh my God, that hurts, Larry. We got to come up with the assumption that only men invent things. So no, that's what I said. Historically, that would probably be, have been true. It's probably not as true now. Oh, uh, uh, but well, I don't know but how. Still, long I think this is the this is the habitual way these mammograms are done. So, I th- I just think there would be. A great more movement towards getting a, a, a less painful, less invasive sort of um, way of, of getting uh, that done if, if, if it was men that were having it done to them. That's what I'm saying. And I yeah. don't think I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Um, I, I think if there was a less painful way, we would have found it. Maybe. Well, it's there up isn't. to you to find it. I have to find it? You. 
Why? You and your kind. <laughs> no, I think, but I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I don't know. I don't well, think. I, that's what I generally believe to be true. Yeah. I just think, I think, uh, you know, it, it would be considered uh, a crisis almost. We've got to find a way. Yeah. This is really hurts. No, I don't think, we've you know what? I don't think men would say it's, we've got to find a way. We've got to, men just wouldn't go. Because don't men typically, don't you kind of not really take health stuff really like, ah, oh, man, my eyeball is gone. No, I think. My uh, eyeball's gone. I should go to the doctor, but I don't really want to go. Is I that true? I got true? another eyeball. Smoke gets in your eye. Yeah. Well, Wouldn't I, you just not do it? You wouldn't demand a better Well, I don't do think it. you're one to talk. I've been trying, I know. To, trying to get you to go to get I will, a colonoscopy. I will tell you this. You did have an effect on me, and I have it actually on my calendar for when I'm, I've got one more business trip coming up. So I actually have it on my calendar. It's none of my business, but I just think it'd give you peace of mind. And, uh, and you I'm know. only doing it to give you peace of mind. Well, that would be good. I'd so, like to know that you're okay in that department. I appreciate and, that. And, uh, but, so you're right. And, 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 and just... Just, you know, not to bring it back to something horrible, but I mean, that's what that's what Kevin Corcoran Moochie died of the mm-hmm. other day. So it's a preventable cancer. Let's, yeah. But you got to know it's there. You can, you can catch it early. I know. Yeah. You're right. I never, in, in all the time that we talked about it, I never, ever said you were wrong. No, ever. I know. It's not pleasant. But I mean, if you can put up a mammogram, this is going to be a piece of cake. Really? It doesn't hurt. You won't. It's not even comparable to that. Do I have to um, have somebody drive me home? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you would. And I can do that. You would? Yeah. In fact, I can uh, really I can actually do the procedure You've for already you. said that. I, I saw yes, it on yes. YouTube. I'm I not, know. I'm more certain You've than ever that offered. I can do it. You've already offered. Yes. I'm just, yes. I'm just offering. I'm I not know. saying you've yeah. got to do it no, this I way. No, I know. Trust um, me, you're on my short list. Yeah, just, uh, all you have to do is just give me your copay, and then we're off to the races, okay? <laughs> if you got a problem, don't care what it is. No, but I am going to do it. I promise okay. you this winter. And then I'll see that you get home safely. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Good. I'm glad you're going to do that. Okay. But let's get back to uh, one of the reasons they say that you shouldn't eat bacon is because that is, the, well, the World Health Organization classified processed meat like hot dogs and mm-hmm. bacon as um, cancer you know, causing. Cancer causing. Right. And uh, and then, uh, but then there's again it, there is conflicting evidence that they say that just 1.8 ounces of bacon a day that's if you eat two strips of bacon mm-hmm. a day would raise your risk of colorectal cancer by cancer by 18 wait a minute wait a minute bacon's gonna hurt my butt is that what you're saying this is not what i'm saying this is what the how w- does bacon w- hurt your H-O. butt how does that happen it doesn't it's uh, how, it doesn't it's the whole range of salted and smoked meats uh it's uh it's some high risk classification so, that has a correlation <clears throat> to cancer causing I, carcinogens yeah even if somebody came out with a study that said eating bacon <clears throat> is going to make you bleed from your eyes <laughs> Says to Susie, honey, would you please be my missus? 
I would still eat it. I just wouldn't eat it when I knew I was going to go out or be around people. You would have to take something. What? What? Well, if I'm going to bleed from the eyes, I'd make sure I wasn't didn't have any appointments coming up. And my point is, I would still eat it. Aren't you still going to eat it? Let me ask you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this, okay? Let's say I don't care what they say. I'm still eating bacon. Okay, go ahead. All right. Let's say let's say this. Uh, you have a date coming up. It's a, it's a hot date. You've been. I do. You've been really looking forward to it. I have. And you're just about to go out the door, and you're going to meet this person somewhere. Yes. <laughs> and and yes. then your next door neighbor comes over and said, Lisa. <laughs> I just made my homemade chili. You know the stuff that you love so much? Come on over. I, it's going to go to waste if you don't. Do you eat the chili knowing that you're going to go on your dream date? Or do you not take the risk? Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, well, I would say that... <laughs> I can't believe you're answering this question as if it's a serious question. I, I'm proud of you. I would say okay. that yes. if I yes. had more access to men than I had chili, then I know you think I know what the answer would be. Since I have less access to men than I do chili, then I think I'm going to go on the date. Mm, good point. That's right? a good point. So yeah. You have to weigh kind of what's available. Because you can have the chili when you get back home. Chili, I my. Uh, Town is lousy with chili. My chili is groovy. After a movie, I watch a TV. All right. So you thought it through. Well, I didn't know that I had, but I guess I have. Yeah. <laughs> chili is a chili though. Is when you're hungry. I is thought one you of were those... going to say a, ba ba a plate of bacon. I'm well, not a huge chili eater. I so... I can't prove that there could be an immediate after effect to with bacon. Yeah. That's but, true. Uh, but chili it comes with more risk. Because Much of more the risk. Legumes. But see, you know what? I'm in an age now where chili doesn't isn't even the the, the 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 catalyst for that. Don't you find it just sort of happens a little bit more now? Well, I I would like to sidestep it and say no. I don't know what you're talking about. But of course, you are right. It's really right. bad. Yeah, it is. It is. It's bad. And don't they say there's some study that says that you like to like like the average person toots like 14 times a day? And I'm reading that going, is that all? <laughs> oh, oh, I know. I can't believe it's as little as 14. It can't be just 14 the average times person, a day. No, I just I don't buy that. Either. <laughs> I mean, that's you know that's there breakfast are, right there. There are some truisms in life, and this is one of them. <laughs> You could be uh, marooned on a on a four by four foot desert island, and you can be there for seventeen years, and you never see a passing vessel. You never, no one ever comes by. Yeah. There's no help on the horizon. Right. And then one day, you have a really loud, vociferous, and uh, odiferous toot. The army will show up. <laughs> and you can't fan and, it and you fast can't enough. Get it out of there yeah, fast. That's very that true. That is a true that's true. That is very true. That just be in a room by yourself, nobody's been around all day, and as soon as you let one go Hello Very true. Yeah, come to come. All right. So there's that.
Okay, but do we, we need to read some reader emails? We do have a few here. Mm -hmm. uh, well, how are we doing for time? You told me not to worry about yeah, time, but I'd just like to yeah. think about it. I don't okay. know. You're the one that has the watch in front of you. Yeah, so. you're right. Well, I got one of these things, and you saw it too. It came in on our, which is, by the way, uh, you can go Lisa at PeculiarPodcast.com, uh, Pat at PeculiarPodcast.com. Uh, or comments at or Peculiar. comments at uh, where we have a guy named uh, yes. Mar Marvin comments. That's that right. At Peculiar yeah. Or go to our Facebook page. Yeah. So I got one of those PR things, but it it it, it made me think about why did they send this to us? Because we don't get a lot of PR emails. Wait, what are you talking about? Well, I'm I'm going to get. Oh, okay. We don't get a lot of PR sort of things like, uh, hey, we got an author. Like marketing stuff. Yeah, we got an author coming to town, or oh, hey, this celebrity. Oh, I see what you're saying. If you want him on your show, sort of thing. Yeah, we, we don't never, ever get that. We never get it. And then we get this one, we and did? I think, well, what do they know about our show, and why would they think this would be something we would How come want? I didn't see this? What does it say? Well, it says, here it is, guest suggestion. In an age where everybody wants to be politically correct, Michael Cowley is not afraid to share a dirty joke or two. In fact, he's got oh, several thousand to tell. I did see Therefore, this. we thought you'd be interested in talking with Michael about his new book called Bad Taste Jokes. I mean, he's got a whole series of them. The new one is called The Worst of the Best Bad Taste Jokes. And so he's got jokes from everywhere. He goes way back uh, to, uh, you know, the blue law restriction days and stuff that stand-up comedians would say. And he collected all of these bad taste jokes. Listen to the titles of his books. And it says, he's not a comedian himself, but he's been the behind-the-scenes joke meister for more than 100 famous and not-so-famous comedians. Joke meister? Yeah. That's pretty lame. Joke Meister. Listen to the collection of books. The Hilarious Guide to the Worst of the Best Bad Jokes, Bad Taste Jokes, Volume 1. Oh, dear. The Hilarious Guide to Great Bad Taste Lawyers, Cops, and Robbers Jokes. <laughs> the Hilarious Guide to Great Bad Taste Mexican Jokes. Oh, boy. The Hilarious Guide to Great Bad Taste Arab Jokes. Oh, dear. The Hilarious Guide to Great Bad Taste Jewish Jokes. Okay, I see where you're you going. You see where we're going. The yeah. Bad Taste Gay Women Jokes. Women. Gay and Lesbian Jokes. Black jokes. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So this is his thing. And then his last books are called If You Don't Stop, You'll Go Blind. And Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses oh, was dear. the follow-up book on that. He's got over wow. 60 of these books. They he think, has 60 of these books. Yeah. Well, these they, books. They think we ought to get him on, a, on as a guest. Now, <laughs> you know, I've always had this thing, back, even going back to when I was on the radio, that I could tell a dirty joke on the public radio airwaves. Right. Uh, but clean it up just enough that it could it would be okay. You could get it yeah. over the air without them shutting us down. Yeah, the FCC couldn't. There's no way they could. Yeah, and, it's, you. and it wouldn't just be by using a, a, an innocent word instead of a graphic word. The point of it would be that it still had to be funny. Right. It still had to pro hopefully be laugh out loud funny exactly. or as funny as if it was told. Yeah. Using the dirty words. Yeah, the dirty joke it, challenge. If it didn't meet that threshold, then it wasn't, it, then it didn't fly. It's hard to do because you, I mean, it's not easy. It's not no. like something you can do every day. It's a God-given gift is what it is. But Lisa. I mean, you still have to. <laughs> what I meant is not that. What I oh, meant oh, was oh. that you you have to, the, the joke itself has to be crafted in a way yes. that 
so you can't just take any dirty joke. No, it has to be. I don't think so. Yeah, so I know we you, that you you don't do it often because you have to see the right joke come along for that. Yes, you do. Do you, you do. think this guy could help you with that? No, I don't. I, quite the opposite. I don't think that we could put him on the air as a guest because the first thing you want to know is let, tell us some of these dirty jokes. And then he tells it, and then, oh, okay, now we can Well, they're not dirty jokes. They're bad taste jokes. Well, that's, There's a, a big that's even worse than a dirty joke, perhaps, yeah, you know? It is. It's hurting someone, someone's <clears throat> Now, couldn't we just do the bad taste lawyer's joke? I mean, who are we going to well, piss could, off there? We could start with that. I guess we it'd be will, safe. Don't yeah. be mad about that, Okay, so right? you're saying maybe we book this guy? I don't know. All right, I'll, I'll keep it. I'll set it aside as a possibility. He does have the hilarious guide. You left this book off, the hilarious guide to great, bad taste, dirty jokes. So maybe we'll get some hmm. um, bad okay. taste, well, tell, dirty jokes. I, I'll tell I him to know. send me an advanced copy, and this way we ponder whether we want to have him as a guest. Yeah, okay. That way we'll get the best of both worlds. We won't have to have him as a guest, but we get a free book That's out of it. great. And they may have some dirty That's a jokes. great idea. I'm right. just delighted that we got on somebody's PR list. Do you know what that means for our little podcast? It's a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. It's going to help us win Best Podcast <laughs> next next year. I think so. A couple of quick uh, emails we did get from folks, uh, messages, comments, uh, from Valerie Nebaker, who signs off as a happy Renton listener. She says he accidentally came across the podcast. We're sorry. I used to listen to your old radio show every day, and I enjoyed it so much. It was touching and laugh out loud Aww. funny. Touching is nice. Yeah, I don't know yes. that we were very touching. I think sometimes. I Maybe. do. I do. You do? Yeah, I think it had some humanity in some it. Some warm it was, moments. That was the accident, but it happened sometimes. She said, I have memories of lots of stories that still mm -hmm. make me smile. I'm working my way through the episodes. Warms my heart to hear you again. Nice. You two are wonderful together, blah, blah, blah. Welcome back. That's nice. Thank you. And then this one from Ed Callywag. I hope that's his real name because it sounds so much like Scallywag. <laughs> uh, he said, uh, Pat and Lisa, I've always loved your show on the days of the buzz. It was the name of a radio station. And really glad I found the podcast. I appreciate how your humor gets me by on the daily. And uh, also the real talk that both of you share relates to both, both our joy and our pain. Hmm. And he enclosed a picture of the uh, that he took at the Greenwood Fred Meyer store, and uh, it shows a pineapple upside down cake upside down. A real cake or the box? The box. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it was taken at the store. Unless another soldier has been there just before I was about to do the deed, a manager came up to do inventory. <laughs> so I told her I was about what I was about to do, and I promised I would put it right side up again. She said, "said Is that a act of terror?" <gasps> A weenie act of terror. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, <laughs> Very nice. So you know what? This reminds me, though, and this sounds crass, but I got to say it anyway. If you really do find something that you enjoy in this podcast, uh, just tell other people about it. That's a, that's how a sh thing like this grows. I think word of mouth is as good mm -hmm. way as any. Yeah. If you hate it, just keep it to yourself. No, we but, like hate mail. Yeah, we, we do can, like hate mail. We Actually, it embarrasses, any hate embarrasses hate us to read nice stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it does. But exactly. it, you notice I did it anyway. We uh, changed to a daylight standard time not long ago, and I just say, you know, let's stop doing this. Yeah, can I ask you why? Why is everybody so pissed off about this? It, I don't care. Why do you care so much? Because it's inconvenient and it's pointless. There's no point to it. 
there is a point to it. No, what is it? The point is to add a little more daylight in the morning so that you aren't waking up and having to go to work at I don't even know. So what you time drive you home work. at dark. What's the, what's why is that better? Well, because then the days get longer and it all evens out. Maybe we should wait no. a little longer. Well, you know the reason for that thing in the first place was something to do with agriculture in right. this country. And and then and so it's time has come and gone. It is not relevant anymore to do this change anymore. In fact, they keep moving it back. Now the change came in November of this year, this month. And now we'll go back to daylight time again rather early in the spring. March. So, so it only, March it's only enforced like for three months at the most or four no, parts, November, almost four. December, so why do it? March, Let's just try not doing it. Nobody will miss it. Time after time I tell myself that I it's not a big deal. Why is everybody so, so mad? A, I saw people. It annoys me. I got to go walk around. I got to change the clocks. And like I'm reading this on Facebook, where everybody's like, "Oh Jesus Christ, again!" Yeah, I'm and there's them. there's some states that don't do it. Which, yeah, good you know, for them. They make their own rules up. Apparently. God love them. But I just I looked I looked at it and I thought, of all the things to get upset about or not upset but well, of annoyed all the things with not to it, bother with it doesn't it would annoy be the me. other way it of doesn't putting annoy it. me at all well then and good then, if it doesn't annoy you then let's just leave it the way it is i'm just wondering why it annoys people so much because it's an it is an unnecessary inconvenience there's nobody can say why we do it. You try the lame little thing about, well, it gives you a little more daylight in the morning. Well, you didn't give me, you you blindsided me. I would have done way more research, so I would have So would a, I. So I would have. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I wish I was armed with so much research that I could do. I bang. want to take you down so bad <laughs> on this, so but bad. I can't. God darn it. Why didn't I? I know, but people do get mad about that stuff. Okay. And I can't change the clock in my car. I, I drove over here today oh, thinking I was late. let me go take a look at it when you leave. No, don't just start pressing buttons and stuff. Okay, you... I got some other topics I wanted to get to. We're not going to get to them. Um, yeah, we can get to them. Well, we don't now. I... I got a half a Bloody Mary left. Pick one. All Do right. it. Well, I don't even know. Well, here's one. This is a good one. And uh, we've talked about recycling before. But I don't know if you saw this great yeah. article in New York Times. Yes, and I am, th- for one, thrilled. Because uh, that now that's something that annoys me. Okay, well, uh, that is something that. Did annoys you hear about me. the tie-in between recycling and uh, daylight time? <laughs> nice this is try. really going to piss you off. <laughs> no, I, this is a, the author is a guy named John Turney. I saw him on some talk shows as well. He uh, writes for the New York Times, and he references a long article he wrote for the New York Times magazine almost twenty years ago in mm-hmm. nineteen ninety six, and he argued in that original article that the recycling process, you know, cans and bottles and cardboard and all the stuff we do, uh, he said it's, it's the process of recycling itself is wasteful. Yes. And he said, I presented plenty of evidence that recycling was costly and it wasn't ineffectual. But everybody said, hey, wait a minute, that's not fair. We've really just started this recycling movement. It, you rushing to judgment. Let's give it a chance. So he said, okay, so I waited 20 years. Then I looked <laughs> He's at it. He's a very it. patient man. Yeah, I looked at it again, and he said, when it comes again to the bottom line, yep. uh, both economically and environmentally, not much has changed yeah. at all. And he writes this 
you, you've probably seen the article. Yeah, it's but, really, it's fascinating. Uh, and and it, not and, that I'm any scholar or, or intelligent in any way about this. I just always felt it seemed to me illogical that I should be rinsing out cans and yeah. rinsing out milk bottles and, and, and plastic and wasting water to, to recycle stuff. And I, you know what, in my house now, ever since I read this article, here's what we recycle in the foster house. We recycle paper and, and cardboard. And and plastic, and I'll throw the wine bottles because I do get a lot of wine bottles. What about tin cans? No, I'm not to no because you have to take the labels off them. You have to rinse them. Screw the tin tin cans. Tin cans are going in the garbage. And here's the other thing that they incinerate garbage now. And apparently, Mm -hmm. even the amount of landfill of garbage that would fill up landfills, it would take a thousand years to still fill up point zero one percent of the available landfill. Uh, areas that we have right. available to us. So I no longer feel guilty throwing crap in the garbage anymore. The landfill thing is is particularly interesting yes. to me, and I don't know if I have it right in front of me here, but uh, the, the idea was that that there was no room left in the nation's landfills. Not true. But not true. He said it's never even realistic in yeah. a country with so much open space. Right. He found that all the trash generated by all the Americans for the next 1,000 years would fit on one-tenth of one percent of the land that's available for grazing. And that really little bit of land would not be lost forever because landfills are typically covered with grass. I mean, look up the hill there in Renton at Newcastle Golf Course, beautiful golf course. That's all over a landfill. Yeah. It's not like it's that's ruined forever. You can't use it for anything. And they also incinerate a, a lot of garbage now, too, which... You know, I know you could argue about the carbon effects. Well, they but... figured out ways to make it less volatile as it is, mm-hmm. is incinerated, so it's yeah, not so polluting now, like Remember, it used I to. was really upset with you. I'm like, I, I know I'm supposed to be separating my food, and I don't know, does a little plastic cap go in there, or does a big plastic? I don't know what. And now I don't care anymore because it's just as I suspected. I will recycle paper and cardboard, and that that's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to deal with. Because they say that actually has helped quite a bit, the paper and the cardboard. And he will he acknowledges that. And even that though it's, it low, isn't... it's a low cost to recycle those things. Exactly. Yeah. But it's it's not huge, but it helps. But yeah. the other stuff... Don't rinsing, waste your time. Old pizzas, boxes no. and stuff, that's not doing anything. No. Uh, he says that um, the thing about it is, and this is so true in this city, and you are you live in the city of yep. Seattle. What is so true is that it has been promoted relentlessly yep. as this goal mm-hmm. in and of itself. And, and from kindergarten forward, this yeah. is this is what we're told and this is what... It's because we're sheeple and, and, and yep. you must recycle and save the earth. But nobody's really sat down and said, wait a minute, why? This doesn't... Does it really make sense to spend all this time and energy? Are we really doing ourselves any harm? And yeah, I mean, I'm just amazed at how we just buy into stuff without really looking at it. And I I was fascinated with that article. I I mean, and it it is so you're going to have to be riding against the tide so severely around Mm -hmm. here. Places like New York City, the mayor of New York is just really big into this stuff. And it just this guy's done a lot more research than any of those mayors have. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't make any, any economic sense. He says, here's some perspective. To offset the greenhouse impact of one passenger's round-trip flight between New York and London, you would have to recycle 40,000 plastic bottles, assuming 
that you fly coach. Wow. If you sat in business class or first class where you have even more space, it could be more like 100,000 of those uh, plastic bottles recycled. That isn't cost effective. Right. And it's not effective, period. Right. His conclusion after the article is said and done, he said, cities have been burying garbage for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. It's still the easiest and cheapest solution for trash. The recycling movement is floundering, and its survival depends on con continual subsidies and continual sermons and continual policing. Because this whole prospect that they're going to be out people searching through your garbage mm -hmm. is becomes like a constitutional invasion of privacy. Absolutely. Thing. And yeah, he said, I'm not worried anymore if they come find food in my garbage. I'm not worried. Yeah. You just go go ahead. Yeah. You know? What do you go find? right ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> I just don't, it's not good. It just can't be sustainable because it doesn't have teeth. All you the can't plastic bags I have to hire people to do that. All the recycle, all the compost bags I have to buy to recycle my food in the recycle bin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh huh. Nobody takes into account how much that costs to manufacture exactly. those, how much that costs to for me to use them, and it just doesn't make sense. Or even to rinsing me. out your cans. It, I mean, exactly that, the water, water that's involved. wasted. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Okay, to me. so we decided that from now on, I'm not recycling. We're going to have nothing but new podcasts. We're not recycling any of them. And while you're at it, eat your vegetables, end the madness, stand up to the man, stay as mad as hell, use sunscreen, and whenever you can, turn things upside down. Who's to say, I can't do everything, well, I can try. And as I roll along, I begin to find, things aren't always just what they seem. I want to turn the whole thing upside down I'll find the things they say just can't be found I'll share this love I'll find with everyone We'll sing and dance to Mother Nature's song This world keeps spinning and there's no time to wait Well, it all Impossible and can be found. I don't want this feeling to go away. Please don't go away. Is this how it's supposed to be? Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.